So, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Easy Conversations. I just want to start off by saying thanks a lot to everyone who listened to the last episode featuring the homie Matt and I. It was super fun to just have a no-topic, a freestyle conversation. I think it went really well, and we look forward to maybe doing another one of those down the road. So now for episode 71 of Easy Conversations. I'm extremely excited, of course, to be back in the studio with the homie Matt. Say what's up to the people. What's going on, everybody? Hope everyone's having a great day right now. I mean, I am. I certainly am. I got my overrated cup of Timmy's with me, <laughs> and I'm, we're going to be talking about something that we all love. And I know for a fact our guest loves is going to love this uh, episode tonight. Indeed. We're bringing back for the third time now making his three-peat appearance in his area of expertise, my good friend, um, listener of the show, and very um, good supporter of our um brand out here the homie justin mocktinger so it's up to the people what's up easy conversationalists i hope you guys are doing well on uh, this fine uh friday before a long weekend um i know i was telling you guys off uh, off screen beforehand but uh for any past listeners who thought my uh audio was a little wonky maybe that i was uh it sounded like i was in a fishbowl got that sorted out now i got a Rather expensive mic that hopefully I know uh, how to talk into properly. So for those of you who had an issue with my audio before, hope that's cleared up. Uh, now you get to hear my annoying voice uh, that much more clear. I like it. <laughs> Setting the record straight right off the bat. Love it. So yeah, for this episode, we're going to be going over, like Matt said, a topic that is very dear and near to all three of our hearts, which is uh, Canadian hockey, really. And we're going to be focusing on the NHL upcoming NHL season, providing previews and our... Um, insights on the respective well three Ontario teams I guess we'll loop Montreal in as an Ontario team so Ottawa Toronto and Montreal and then just go about with some uh, nonsensical NHL takes for the upcoming season so Justin I'm going to throw it over to you first here I hope this isn't I hope enough time has passed now that we can freely talk about this that it's not too much of a stressful conversation for you here which is the (laughs) Toronto Maple Leafs disappointing finish to last season how are you feeling going into this upcoming season with what transpired in last spring? I appreciate the the, the lead in, sir. Um, as everyone as uh, who follows hockey is very well uh, aware, uh, uh, Leafs blew it. They 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 blew it. It's it's the simple way to put it is that they blew it. They uh, pulled uh, defeat from the jaws of victory in the playoffs, like they're very good at doing, and. Um, uh, for for those who know me, they may uh, off uh, off camera be like, or uh, Justin, what are you what are you talking about? You haven't really uh, stopped being mad at them, which is is true. But the the overall, I guess, sort of maybe not anger, apathy levels they've they, they've gone down. There there are definitely the, those moments where you you think back and it's just it makes the blood boil. But hey, it's we're. We're we're Toronto Maple Leaf fans. We're we're crazy, you know. They could start off winning like their first five games of the season, and everyone will pencil them into the Cup Finals. We'll lose the next four or five, and uh, everyone wants to fire Dubis, trade Matthews, trade Marner, and blow the whole team up. So you really don't get an in between. And I like to think I'm better than that, but nah, I'm not really. <laughs> I I like to think I'm a bit smarter than than those sort of takes, but I I can definitely say. Uh, this this uh this past season just uh oh boy my my patience has definitely run out with this team as also as much as it pains me to do it I'll give kudos to the Montreal Canadiens no one gave you a single shot I remember seeing all of the uh 
TSN and Sportsnet um, uh, panelists and uh, writers, everyone was picking Toronto in four, five, six, seven. Nope, Montreal won. So you know what? Hats off to them. Golf clap to them. They earned that victory against the Leafs, no matter the circumstances. I will then say, though, they did go on to make the flukiest Stanley Cup final appearance of any Stanley Cup final fluke appearance in my life. So you know what? the It, it goes up to a certain level, and then I'm like, eh, eh. I remember Justin, we were messaging each other on Instagram like around game five or six, and like you were get you were like going through the full range of emotions you told me. And you even were mad that some of your friends were like calling the series too early or something like that. I don't know if you remember that. that was- oh no, Matt, I, I remember that. I do also remember saying, um, if somehow they lose, don't talk to me. I think I put it at three weeks, uh, don't talk to me, or three days. No, three days turned into three weeks, which has turned into like three months or over three months. And still kind of uh, on my bad, not really reaching out to you there, but uh, it, it's best. It's um, I reached out to my good or, uh, my good friend a while back. He He's the more level-headed of, of the two of us. I'm more of, uh, if you guys remember Tim and Sid, he's more the Tim. I'm more of the Sid okay. in that dynamic. And he basically said, like, say what you want, man. And for a good uh, 15 minutes, I'm just shouting and screaming and like, <laughs> How? Just how do you guys do this every year? Just how? How? Why? Why? Well, thankfully we didn't do this pod right after the Leafs lost. I think I feel like maybe it would have been even more. It would have gotten a lot more out of you. I'm glad to see though that you are like you've accepted it now, and who knows? You maybe keeping your expectations tampered going into this season, like. We all know with the Leafs, especially in the last two years, for sure, it doesn't really matter what they do in the regular season. It's all about showing up for those, well, that first round, really. And if they get over that one hump, who knows what they can do. And that's why I don't want to jump to Montreal right away. But when I was watching that series, like I was cheering for Montreal because, and also I just want to say, I don't really buy into the, you have to cheer for a Canadian team. Like I'm not about that. I only cheer for the Sens as far as Canadian teams are concerned. But I wanted Montreal to win because I knew that they wouldn't have, or I thought that they wouldn't have as much of a chance to go far as Toronto. Like, I really did think that if Toronto won that one series, they they had a shot to go all the way. Because I thought they'd beat whoever they ended up with against Edmonton or Winnipeg. Turned out to be completely wrong on my part there, and Montreal proved us all wrong. We'll get to them a little later, but that's just my thoughts on Toronto. I think it's the same thing for this year doesn't matter what they do. They're going to make the playoffs. They just have to win that first series, and they have a shot. Oh, 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 sir. Uh, Au contraire. See, (laughs) we think they should make the playoffs, but as even last year proved, I'm not giving them anything, and which I think we'll probably go into later in the pod in terms of maybe uh, uh, hot takes, per se, and maybe going over um, not just the Canadian teams or the East uh, Eastern Canadian teams, but maybe some of the NHL teams. I'll uh, I have a few things about that, but especially last year, what I've learned, don't assume anything with this team, especially if it involves them winning. Mm-hmm. It, it's best to tamper expectations. I think they kind of got worse on paper, to be honest, but I still think they're good enough to make the playoffs, especially in that division. But I think that their goaltending to me is still a huge question mark. Like, and I just got off watching the um, Amazon series, All or Nothing Maple Leafs, which I thought was really enjoyable. They steamrolled the North really last year. And I think 
like having that Campbell miracle run. I don't think he's going to really replicate that this year. And well, we'll see. You know, he's a great guy. I'd root for him as much as the next guy, but I'm just really not sure about him and Mrazek and Nets. Who else? Did they, I don't know. Lot, losing Foligno. Hyman. Hyman's a big loss. I mean, I was I was never sold on Hyman, but he's definitely convinced me that he is a really good player, and I do think he'll have a, a good opportunity in Edmonton too, and I think like 50, 60 points is at least reasonable expectations for him. Yeah, I mean, that's all, all what I have on the Leafs. Matt, what are your thoughts on the Leafs going into this season? My thoughts on the Leafs are they're going to – I think they're going to do well – when they clinch a playoff spot, the the all the spotlight's gonna be on them. Like, can they make it past the first round? Mm-hmm. I think they have immense talent and off like immense of offensive talent, and they should be good to get a, a a spot. But I mean, I'm curious to hear you, Justin, later on your hot takes on that. But should we jump to uh, Ottawa now? You definitely do that. Yeah, because like Justin, like we're you like as Ottawa fans, me and Eric, like we we don't have like those high expectations. Like we've. I don't know. It's been like years for me of like, I just tampered my expectations and I, I'm never disappointed because I wasn't expecting much. That's basically my relationship with the senators. But this year I'm a little optimistic. Although the big black stain right now for me and Eric is the freaking everything going on with Brady Kachuk. And it's, it's just killing me right now. I'm mm-hmm. infuriating. I talk about it. I work every day with everyone and we're all like, you know, like Eric, like, yeah. So I, I never thought we'd be in this situation, to be honest with Kachuk. I was definitely someone who was, up until like maybe a week ago, I was very calm and still, I really believe that we'd get something done soon. Like at the time of recording, our season starting in six days, never thought it'd go this far. And from everything you're hearing online, it's just like, they're not even close. They're, they, Brady only wants a three-year deal. We only want to offer him eight years. We don't really know what the structure of that contract is, but I'm, I tend to side on Brady's side here in that we've seen this before time and time and time again with Melnick's unwillingness to cater to his star players, which is so nuts to me because they made a promise, like not that I should have blind, blindly believed Melnick and his promise of our unparalleled success, but when you say that you're scrapping your previous core of players with an intention to commit to the next core, you kind of want to believe it. And I definitely was a sucker. I was optimistic when we um, extended Batherson. I thought that was a great contract and showed promise for, okay, they are actually investing in our upcoming talent. But Brady is like, he's the heartbeat of the team. And in our last episode, we said, uh, last time we talked about the Sens, we said like, this is the face of our franchise, the captain. Why are you playing hardball with this guy? We have 22 million in cap space. There, this is not an issue. Like, if he wants eight and a, eight and a half times eight, I would give him that honestly, and then deal with the repercussions later. Repercussions, air quote. Like, he's a great player. Anyway, I don't know. Like, but I'm still optimistic about our team. But and I also think that Pierre Dorion, our GM, saying that the rebuild is over, was an idiotic statement and now like you're really putting real expectations on the team and I still don't I don't think we're a playoff team we'll be a fun team to watch like we were last year but that's unrealistic expectations to put on a young team that we're now a competitive team we've been hit or miss in these preseason games against teams that aren't even complete yeah like once again I'm, I'm always scared of Ottawa's defense like I find we're very weak that's our weak spot well among many mm-hmm. but I, I I see Ottawa making the playoffs only if like Shabbat has the season of his life and he carries our defense and he's like he's our leader that year because 
it was a little disappointing last year. He kind of plateaued and he didn't, he mm. didn't like go, no upward trajectory with him. Goaltending is a huge question mark. We don't, is it going to be great or mediocre or bad? I don't, we don't know. Um, now what I do like about Ottawa is like the Norris, the Bathurst and Stutzla. Like I'm excited to see them play and it's going to be super fun to watch the games. Like Eric said, it's going to be exciting. They're going to be exciting, but we will let in a lot of goals and we will score a lot too. Just like mm-hmm. uh, last night's exhibition. Game. Oh, great game. Yeah. So Justin, we'll throw it over to you though. Like from an oh, I want an outsider as in you don't follow the Sens as closely as us. They're like, what's your read on the Sens based on what you saw last year and just our lineup in general? Like what are you seeing for us in this season? Well, uh, first off, I, I'm sorry. The leaf uh, in me go right now, uh, at least with, with the Brady Kachuk thing goes, uh, not so fun when it's your young star <laughs> that uh, you can't get a contract with. Oh, boy. See, uh, sorry, Completely just for a few seconds, I, I'll do this, and then I promise I'll switch it to the Sens. Uh, Leafs just signed Tavares. Hey, great. Hey, Willie, we just need you to sign. Willie, why aren't you signing? Willie, it's it's the start of the season. Why aren't you signing? Why haven't you signed? Okay, are we not? Are we going to trade this guy? Yada, yada. Uh, okay, fine. Whatever. We get him. Oh, God, he had a terrible year, but we signed. Okay, whatever. Uh, okay, Ma- what? Oh, Austin Matthews. Now, okay, fine. You know what? You're Austin Matthews. Give you whatever you want. Okay, now I just need Marner. Marner, why aren't you signing? Why, why aren't you signing? Okay, fine. We signed him right before this, the the Newfoundland preseason trip. Oh, my God. Why is he making 11 million? Whatever. He's fine. He's Marner. He's going to be great. That whole thing, oh my God, to see it on another team, like in a way it does hurt, which even five years ago, I would not have been able to say that about the Sens because obviously uh, Leafs and Sens uh, growing up has always been my favorite rivalry. Like the Habs one is obviously historic. The Bruins one is there that the, the, the Bruins, you know, my feeling with the Bruins and the Sens through all their ups and downs, have always looked forward the most to Leafs Sens games. There's always something special about it, even going way back to like the early 2000s. And you know, you, you have um, Chris Neal, uh, I believe Andre Waugh against like Ty Domi and Darcy Tucker. And just like, I mean, looking back with this lens, the amount of dirty things that went on that both teams did to everyone like Alfredson on Tucker and Domi or uh, Mark Bell actually even on Danny Alfredson right before the playoffs concussing him like oh boy the the I I personally love the rivalry and to see what's going on with the Kachuk thing is I I feel for you guys there like like imagine the Leafs ownership and just willingness to spend money combined with Pierre Dorian and my apologies to any French uh, listeners I, I I don't speak the language so I may butcher his name but um I honestly believe Dorian is an amazing GM and it's just we'll, we'll probably never know sort of what constraints are put on him by this owner who wants to nickel and dime everything about your guys's franchise like I I believe Dorian is amazing at drafting he's amazing yep. you guys have an amazing development team you guys are able to make very good trades a la oh some of them might hurt but uh maybe Eric Carlson turns into Tim Stutzla and Eric Carlson is still a one-legged player making 11 million plus so you honestly I think do really well given the constraints that are constantly put on you guys year after year and even um 5 years ago when the Leafs were you know full on tanking and you guys you know you had um uh, more peak Eric Carlson. You had Mark Stone, who I think is an amazing player, who I was actually kind of sad for you guys that you traded him because I, he's 
if you were ever to build a team around a winger not named Brady Kachuk, why not build it around a guy who's now the captain of an expansion team and one with expectations, you know? Got guys absolutely incredible. Hoffman, before the Carlson and Hoffman issues came out, he was amazing. And um, J.G. Pajot, like, might be undersized, but dude's a workhorse with skill. Yep. And even your roster today, like you mentioned, Batherson's dynamite. Formentin, I see him being, like, Ilya Mikheyev, but actually has hands that can keep up with his feet. <laughs> Connor Brown, who, Eric, I know, um, I still miss him. I miss him every day on the Leafs. I miss this guy so much because for I, he wouldn't have gotten the opportunity on the Leafs that he has right now in Ottawa. You guys honestly have such a dynamic roster and it's just why why does this guy not sell the team if he's not gonna pay he dude doesn't even like is holding off to make what the salary cap floor because why because he wants to lock in kachuk for eight years like he did with shabbat which amazing contract i do believe so much in Shabbat. I've even spoken to um uh, to other people, even uh someone random who was a Pens fan. I asked him uh if you could add any player in the league, salary cap be damned, who would it be? He said he'd add Shabbat to the to the Pens because he's that good. I think with um yeah, the defense uh could be questionable. I, I say that as someone with uh, very very high experience dealing with a team with questionable defense. So you can trust me. I know, I know what bad defense looks like. But I honestly think Shabbat, there could be a lot on his plate. I mean, it does sort of come with the expectations of being a number one defenseman. But I, I see the guy taking a huge step. Will he carry the Sens into the playoffs to be determined? But if there was ever a defenseman, a young defenseman who I think can reach these, I, it would be Shabbat. In fact, uh, maybe, I don't know if this is a hot take, but if this guy is not on Team Canada travesty this guy better be on team canada he's that damn good i would take him on the leafs in the, in a second if given the opportunity to i feel like with the kachuk situation when it gets cl even closer to season debut against against my leafs the, they'll pick something up i feel like if i had to throw something out there i'd say he pr kachuk makes eight and a half between eight and a half nine million for four years i'll put it at they sort of meet in the middle I don't see him signing an eight-year deal, especially with the uh, the salary cap being what it is right now in COVID times. But there, there's what you, you guys aren't gonna play your your face of the franchise, who maybe may not score as many goals as a as an Austin Matthews or get as many points as a Mitch Marner. But he actually does what they don't do. He'll fight. He'll hit. He'll get in your face. He will will your team to actually try every single game. Playoff type player. And like you said, like you made a, quite a few good points there. Like obviously I'll go back to your first one. Giving Dorian some credit. Like he does take a lot of heat in this market. But if you didn't have that owner, that's the biggest what if for us like in modern day sense history is what if we had an owner who just chilled and what didn't have his hand in every single transaction to save a few bucks so you can buy a couple more cups of timmy's coffee i don't know <laughs> we who knows what we'd be able to accomplish with dorian like he has made a lot of good moves and another thing about that carlson trade we also got josh norris in that trade so just for oh, those man. two players like that makes it a steal and a half uh man sorry how did i not mention norris dudes what like a 
going to be your number two center? Well, he's or our first like that, line number... center this year, and yeah, he yeah. was last year, and like he's looked unreal in preseason too. But the other thing is, you'd also think that Melnick or management would learn from what's happened in the past when you have a winger in Mark Stone that you just said is someone you'd build your team around and captains you drags everyone along through the mud to battle that's Brady Kachuk that's exactly what he's done since he's joined the team he's learned from Stone too and now I really don't think it's gonna happen that we're gonna lose Kachuk this early in his career there but you never know if we keep mistreating him it could happen and four-year contract I would not give him that because that would just walk him the free agency which is what they don't want, which is why they don't want to give him a three-year deal. They don't want him to be that close to free agency like Stone was. So I don't know. Like I wouldn't be that mad if we do sign him to three years. It's better than nothing. A lot of young stars sign three-year deals and they're still under that team's control. But it's just like, why is it this difficult? All the young stars who they're like Barzal, Matt Kachuk, Timo Meyer when he was looking good, they all signed three-year deals and maybe um, those players will re-up with their teams. Like you never know. So I hope that's what happens with us. And like the Kachuks are not making this easy. Like, let's be honest here. Like, you know, there's some influence there from the dad. Um, but yeah, Justin, you said a lot of great things about the Sens. Um, too many to respond to. Um, but like back to the defense I was talking about them, like, that is a huge question mark. Like I was just looking over at the roster of the Sens defensemen and I'm like, we could get stellar just like we, I think what the Sens need is just like simple play. Like just keep it simple back there. Not don't do anything complicated. Let Shabbat go, like go do his thing, but like nobody else, you don't have to be a star back there. And Matt Murray, who knows how he's going to play. And speaking of goaltending, I just want to touch on the Carey Price thing mm. or I can get into Montreal. Mm. That like completely took me by surprise actually when I when I read the news of like him entering the NHL like players assistance program and then like watching the news last night at work and like seeing Bergevin like pretty much in tears yeah. Yeah. yeah and I don't know all the details I haven't read too much into it but like that's gonna that throws the whole Montre- uh, Habs season like huge question mark and like are the players gonna rally around this and play well like last year. Or- I mean, they lost a lot. Of, they lost a couple of like, key components, like Dano, and I don't know. Montreal is going to be interesting to like keep an eye on this year, in my opinion. As just a hockey fan, um, you got to feel for Carey Price. I mean, if he's all there, you assume he'd be Team Canada starting goalie. It always bugged me a little bit that I always wanted to cheer for him, but you know, being on the Habs, it's kind of hard when he's uh, he's on your uh, your longest rival. But you can't deny the dude is going to the Hall of Fame. It might be difficult given um, the history of Montreal, but it is he maybe uh, the first player who doesn't who may not win a Stanley Cup with them who you retire their jersey because the dude won a Hart Trophy as a goalie in a day and age where goalies just don't win that that award. It it shows you how good he is, and it's like all teams have their what ifs, and it's always like that like that year he won the Hart Trophy. What if Montreal just had an an extra winger or center who can count on to score 20 goals. Like, would they be, would they have had their cup run that they had this year even earlier, but with an even younger uh, defense that it's, it's all, all what ifs, you know, just it's one of those uh, sort of many mysteries. So I hope um, for, for his sake and his family's sake, even more, more about that and forgetting the hockey aspect, just because he, he has a, fa- a family, he has like, I think two or three young daughters, like, this is the part where hockey, you know, he has to take a back seat and you just hope he gets the help he needs. And I'm pretty sure Montreal will give him all the time uh, in the world. And especially on the run they were just on, like 
take all the time you need, man. Like, heal yourself up physically, mentally, and then get back on the saddle. Preferably keep it uh, to a minimum facing the Leafs. Because I know just being a Leaf fan, it'll come back. He'll shut us out. It'll be great. And then probably he'll shut out Ottawa the very next game because uh, life is cruel that way. But I guess that's one of those things you you could cheer for. This is uh, this is a, a human being. You could you could cheer for him no matter what. Definitely, uh, you said it super well, man. And um, just on like like you said, the human side, like Price, an unbelievable guy, and I do commend him for doing that. Like all the details haven't really been released, which I think is completely okay. We don't really need to know exactly what's going on in his personal life. And I think that, honestly, his teammate, Jonathan Drouin, like, kind of got the ball rolling in the sense of, like, okay, it's okay to take time for yourself, step away from the game, take care of your mental health. And I think we're going to start to see a lot more of that. And I um, commend both Price and Drouin for that. I'm really rooting for Drouin, honestly. Like, I'm not a Habs fan at all. I didn't cheer for them in the last playoffs. But, like, I really do hope Drouin has a bounce back year because that guy has had to go through so much shit in Montreal especially. The fans can be hard on the players that aren't performing. I think that's true for every market, really, especially Canadian markets. I think that's someone that'll be easy to root for, and Price is also someone that's easy to root for. But honestly, all of these guys at the end of the day, like as much as I hate Brendan Gallagher, I respect him as a player and also as a human. Like If he's the next player who decides to take time off, like I'll, I'll become more a fan of him as a player and person. You know what I'm like? I'm kind of taking the uh, as a Sens fan. I don't like him the way he plays the game, but at the end of the day, I gotta respect him. And as a person, like I, I'm just using him as an example there. But no, I hope Price gets the the help and support that he needs, and um, he'll also have my support when he comes back to the game. And um, I'm sure he will, like you said, shut Ottawa out. I also hope we get a couple by him too in a few of the games for sure. Ottawa always does well against Price. Though, we do, yeah. Fine, so. But yeah, that's like a whole, I didn't want to, it's good that we're talking about this, but that we could have a whole episode on like mental health and like in sports and mm-hmm. it's been, it happened in the, in the summer Olympics this year in a few instances, like athletes stepping back, like also like Robin Leonard in Vegas, like all his comments from like past experiences that I found very interesting to read actually, like mm-hmm. what, 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 what would go on like back then and Vegas is, uh, I, I know we didn't really talk too much about Montreal, but like, I'm just saying like Vegas, I'm, I'm loving Vegas this year for like, I think with Flurry gone, I think Leonard, like it's all up to you and can it finally be his moment? I don't know, maybe, but I find, I think Vegas is, I'm liking Vegas this year. If we're going to get into like our predictions, Mark Stone's still my favorite player in the league, actually. He's surpassed. Invest in invest in a stone Vegas jersey. Even it's, there's there's no sends Ve- uh, Vegas rivalry, so you're safe to to do that. But uh, no, just uh, just quickly to touch on the Laner thing. Um, yeah, I've, I've been a fan of his ever since. Like I think the story came out, he would uh, go through a case of beer a day, yeah. and that just makes me think like how how can a human go through that much alcohol in in a day? Like. It, it, it's mind boggling and just the things he was, he was going through. I, I've been a fan of his ever since um, like his story came out. And I think he's really been a huge uh, champion around the league in terms of sort of speaking up for, for players and maybe speaking out against uh, things that 
I think players maybe have been told in the past, you know, hush, hush, like don't bite the hand that feeds you sort of thing. But in his case, like, how could you, uh, how could you not do that? And I'm pretty sure, uh, I think I've heard in interviews, like his, his marriage was struggling, like everything was uh, struggling in his personal life because I think his uh, professional life on the ice wasn't uh, going the way that he had hoped for as, as another team. I, I can't stand given the whole Tavares thing, uh, but the Islanders really did rehabilitate him and I, I can commend them for that. The organization I can commend them for <laughs> screw their fans, but that's a whole nother issue. But I, I've been a huge fan of the guy ever since. And I mean, the, the way the the Vegas and Flurry thing transpired, that that sounds like Vegas maybe did him kind of dirty. But at the end of the day, it seems like Flurry and Laner are able to you know put that aside, and they seem really close. So I'm pretty sure the two of them are rooting for each other to mm-hmm. maybe face each other in the Western Conference Finals. You, you never know. But uh, I, I I believe in Laner. I believe in Vegas's defense. I think last year was more their offense that was the issue. So. Fingers crossed that for for Laner and them that it goes well, but I don't know. I don't. I don't love that they lost Fleury, honestly. And like you said, I don't really respect how that was all handled. Like I think they completely did him dirty. It'll be tougher for Laner as like the unanimous number one. He hasn't really done well yet in his career as the go-to guy. Like when he was the go-to guy in Buffalo, and obviously Buffalo is not a great team. They never. They haven't. They weren't when he was there. He didn't do that great. I don't know how he'll do in Vegas. Like, yeah, it is a very strong team in front of him. They, they probably didn't love that trade after they heard everything that Leonard was saying also in the media. Like, holy, like, we got rid of Fleury. He was, like, very quiet, great personality around the room. Not saying Leonard isn't there, but... And then all this media shitstorm happens. Like, I'm sure they weren't necessarily loving that. But who knows? We'll see what happens. They're still a contender for sure. I don't want to discredit them in that regard but i'm interested to see how leonard does with a much bigger workload in vegas playing against the western teams a little more often just want to go back though and like cover montreal a little bit more and um if we're going into last year like hey they surprised everybody good for them i never took them seriously i did not think they were going to be like i would have been completely mind blown if they beat tampa i was actively cheering for tampa against montreal i was so pumped for them and <laughs> you know what? Hey, good for Montreal. They got that far. But as far as what they're going to do this season, I don't have Montreal making the playoffs. I think they got a little worse. They lost Weber. They lost Dano. Sure, they and they lost now Price as well. Like, Allen's going to be the go-to guy with... I don't even know who their backup's going to be. Caden Primo, something like that. We'll see. I think they just picked up um, Samuel Montembeau. They might try to protect Primo in the minors and, like if there's any sort of shit that goes on with uh, the team, like let Montembeau be the one to take it if it isn't uh, Jake Allen. But well, Montembeau or Primo, it won't matter because those guys ain't winning <laughs> games, in my opinion. I called out the Habs last year. I'm keeping my words soft and sweet this year. I, I got to give a quick shout out to all all of um, our buds in our hockey pool. I, I even remember, and I'll call myself out, when they uh, fired Julian and they replaced him with um, Ducharme, I was I I did say like oh that's cute Montreal thinks they're contenders by doing this move ha 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 oh boy did that not age well but I'm I feel like honestly false <laughs> contenders though honestly like I and that being said I like a lot of their players like I, I think Suzuki's a great young player I like I've always been a fan of Josh Anderson I liked him more when he was in Columbus like obviously because because he's on the Habs I don't like him as much but he's a great player. Mm-hmm. And now Dvorak, I think, is a great addition. I think short-term, that's an upgrade on Kotkaniemi. The only thing is, 
what does Kotkaniemi become? He has more upside than Dvorak. Definitely long-term, but it's not a guarantee that he pans out. So we'll see. And now Caulfield, my, I don't even know if this is a hot take. It might be because everyone's pumping his tires. I don't think he's going to even be top three Calder contender. Like, I don't, I think people are blowing him way out of proportion. His expectations for him way out of proportions. You're seeing 40 goals Caulfield. It's a lock. I don't think he's going to score 30 this year, honestly. I think people are now like, yeah, he had an amazing postseason, but I think people are aware of him now much more than they would have been had he not played as well and as much last off last spring. Now it's kind of it's kind of like he's entering his second year, the sophomore slump. So Caulfield, I don't think is going to do as well as everyone thinks he does. He will this year. That's just my opinion. I might be I might look like a fool in two months, and Caulfield already has eight goals and twenty two points. I don't know. We'll see. I, I think long term he'll be a good player, but I don't think he's going to do that well this year. Like, let's be honest here, Montreal they haven't they can't top last season no. unless they win the cup. So they're going to go downhill this year, and like that sucks. I'm sorry if you're a Montreal fan, but it's the truth. They, they did like when the Sens had their little like run of losing to Pittsburgh in like the Eastern Conference Finals. Like that's basically what Montreal mm. did this year, yeah. but except they went to the Stanley Cup Finals. Yeah, they're going to go downhill. And I'm hoping Ottawa like just does a little better than last year and is an up, upward trajectory. Um, but yeah, Montreal, like I, I like the least more than Montreal. I've been on the record saying that. Like Montreal is like, I could care less. You know what Thanks. I hate about Montreal is all the people that, it's it's the fans. Like every, every coworker that loves Montreal is like so obnoxious and they dismiss everything and they think like, they think they know everything and it pisses me off. And they're like, oh, in the 70s, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, now there's like six teams back then. And all the French guys were on Montreal like by default. Well, so it seemed in like back in the day. I'm more excited to see what the Leafs do because the Leafs are more exciting to watch than Montreal. Let's be honest. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I know as a Leaf fan, like if there, whenever there's some sort of hockey story and it's covered by the big two in Canada, who do you think it's good? It's stereotypically, who are we covering the Leafs? So by default, I I'd probably hate them too. If like I was a Jets fan or a Flames fan or an Oilers fan, because it's like, uh, do we not exist? But it's like you do, but you, you don't have Toronto's population and you're not as easily manipulated <laughs> as their fans maybe. But um, in terms of the, the uh, Montreal, not, I, I know we're, we're kind of just dunking on them. I mean, it might be a bit of a bias, but I mean, look at what happened to the Dallas Stars last year. Yeah, uh, or The go. season before made the cup final against Tampa Bay and last year didn't even make the playoffs. I mean, COVID did have an effect, but I think even like some of their great players like Sagan, I'm pretty sure was hurt most of the year. I think Ben was hurt part of the year. Haskinen, I think, got COVID. If if not, he was hurt for part of the year. We'll, we'll see how they rebound, but it's, it's going to be tough. I mean, David Savard will be solid. He's not going to be Shea Weber, but he'll hit people, which I think that's how much Montreal is built that they'll hit people and score a few goals and then hit people some more. So, uh, I mean, at least like our two teams, I think Ottawa's perfectly fine and capable in uh, handling themselves if they were to get hit. The Leafs, uh, that's been a bit of their struggle. We we added a bit more muscle, but uh, we'll once again we'll we'll see uh, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, and I mean, still got to give Montreal credit for how they played in the playoffs. Like no one gave them a chance in. Obviously, the first one. Then against the Jets, they did they not sweep them? I don't know. They they destroyed them. They did. And then against Vegas, they took over. As of like game three, I'm pretty sure it was a Montreal show. So you definitely got to give them props. They just ran into a beast in Tampa. But 
I think that their like their defense was really strong in the playoffs last year. Like their top four was big. They hit a lot and like good at transitioning the puck too. But you made the perfect comparison, and so did Matt to to Ottawa in 2017 and to Dallas in 2020. It it does happen. Like it's not an expectation or a foregone conclusion that because you make it to the Cup Finals, you're destined to not go there again, but at least get somewhat far. And I, I just don't think they got they have what it takes. So we'll see. I mean, I'm looking forward to playing them. And I mean, to David Savard as well, like we played them preseason yesterday there, but he took a couple of penalties that resulted in two Josh Norris snipes in that game, which was always fun to see. Oh, good. Keep keep doing that, David Savard. Your, your money well spent. Keep it up, man. Just save some against the blue and white team. Well, they have both blue and white teams in our division. Why not? I'm just saying I'm not convinced on Caulfield and the team in general. So, I mean, I think we gave a pretty good rundown on our three teams. A question that I did put on a poll in Instagram was, which Canadian team do the listeners think will end up with the most points? I put up four options there. The ones were the ones I put up were Maple Leafs, Oilers, and Jets. And then Other was the fourth option. First of all, it was, it was starting off great. The Oilers were just killing it. They had the most votes. And then as, after you actually shared the story, Justin, there was an influx of Leaf voters that were coming in, names I don't recognize, some residents of the metropolitan the gta i don't know but the leafs ended up with the most vo- the most votes all that to say so it was leafs oh man sorry not for you guys but any any like of my friends or anyone who may be in my area who would have put that stop trolling just just th- this is this is part of part of still still the thing with the leafs it's- guys there's nothing given with this team until they prove it and not only that but i i put the oilers because not only do they still have McDavid? They still have Drysaddle. They added Hyman. They're in probably the weakest division of the four divisions now that everything's aligned again because they get to feast on a bad San Jose, a bad Anaheim, an up-and-coming LA, but probably will still be bad. Seattle's a wild card, but they're probably going to be bad. And then Calgary, everyone thinks they're they're Toronto West in that like they're they have so much skill. How do you not put it together? So I could easily, easily see them being second in that division. Oh, and Vancouver, uh, screw off Vancouver. I, I still don't, still never forgot what you did, stealing our old captain, putting him in a Canucks jersey. <laughs> Take your Hughes and Pedersen and just waste them away. So, yeah, I mean, Oilers, <laughs> I agree. Like, they're probably in the weakest division of all the Canadian teams and Seattle wildcard. We can get into Seattle later, too. But, yeah, it was Leafs got the most vo- votes, then Oilers, then... Jets and Montreal were tied, and then Ottawa got one vote. A pity other vote. And I didn't want to put them as an option, really, because they're realistically not a contender to get the most points. Honestly, I do think Toronto has a good chance of getting the most points. It's not that crazy. I'm pretty sure they did, like, two years ago, maybe. They had the most points out of all the Canadian teams. Even Oilers, not like it's a given that they're going to be a superstar team. They have two superstars, but other than that, not sold on their the makeup of their team whatsoever. Right. Imagine being an Oilers fan. Like I'd be pissed if I was an Oilers fan. Um, I'm not like an expert, but like I think Vancouver's gonna have a good year actually because of their young their young players. And like that's like that's where we can mention maybe like a bit of fantasy hockey. Like I find those Vancouver players are gonna be like a Brock Besser to me is such a wild card this year. Until um, like is he gonna break through and score forty goals or whatever or more? And like players like that and i mean our draft is coming up eric and like 
I'm folk. Yeah, I know. We don't want to like. <laughs> Actually, I, I had a question for you, Justin. This is like kind of off topic, but it's a fantasy question. It's basically I want your opinion on this. Like, I I, I had the task this year of either keeping Jack Eichel or Gabriel Landeskog on my team. And like, I thought about this decision for months and I'm like, I don't know what to do. And I talked to everyone at work and I, I eventually settled on Gabriel Landeskog as a keeper instead of Jack Eichel, because the man is just so unpredictable. I just, I just want to know your thoughts on like, and Eric too, give me your thoughts, but like, yeah, what are your thoughts on that? Oh, I, I think you made a hundred percent the right decision. And cause, cause I think, it seems like right now this isn't even Jack Eichel's decision. This is the Sabres and maybe even more specifically the Pagulas holding him hostage because they don't want to trade him because the whole plan years ago was they were going to tank like no team ever tanked a tank to get McDavid, and that didn't work. So even though they didn't show it, once again, another tick in the bad column for them. They're like, fine, I guess we'll settle with Jack Eichel. Dude would have been number one overall basically any other year, including um, Matthew's draft year. So. It was debatable Eichel could have been number one uh, if it was just him and Matthews at the top. I, I don't trust it with Eichel right now. Like They're saying even if he gets the surgery that he wants, um, is it going to shorten his career? Is he going to be the same player that he was pre-sort of all these injuries? So to to keep him I think would have been a waste of a keeper spot so I'd go with Landeskog 100% doodle put up points he'll get hits he'll he'll do everything you want he'll he'll get fights to anything you want he can do I can sympathize for you here in the sense that like last year you also have Kucherov so you have to keep him and oh. then just shelf him the whole year so do do you want a hundred percent? Then do you want to do that again with another keeper? Which who knows? We don't really know what's going on with Eichel. Like, how long is he going to be out? Is he going to get traded? Does he go to a good team and then is he out for a few months? Like a lot of uncertainty there. That being said, I would have kept him personally just because, and maybe to a fault. In a keepers league, I put a lot of value in like younger players and like their potential, which I think is what. Like, I shot myself in the foot last year's draft. Like, I drafted a bunch of young guys who had had good years, and I was counting on all of them taking another step forward, and very few of them did. So, like, I drafted Besser last year. Like, I thought he would build on his previous year where he had, like, 30-some goals. Saw the potential. I mean, he did nothing last year. So, I'm going to... I don't know. We'll see what I'm going to do this year. I'm also in the league with Justin, so I don't want to oh, say too okay, much here. Okay. Back-to-back drafts that <laughs> night. So our no draft way. Monday and then our draft Monday a little later too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, but I don't think that's a bad decision to keep Landis Cog for sure. Like he, like Justin said, he's a reliable, like I think 60-point guy. And who knows, like if Colorado McKinnon takes an even another step forward and he – rides shotgun with him and Ranton and two like they're all great players despite the uncertainty like I, I believe in Eichel and we'll see and it's going to be interesting to see where he gets drafted in our league right because maybe maybe he'll fall because no one knows or maybe I'm going to take him third overall who knows <laughs> yeah. me personally he's on a DND list for me do not draft uh, really? I'll, I'll just put that even out there if, even if, if it's he's a... sitting there like ninth round you're not drafting him I, I doubt he sits there in ninth round if somehow that does happen i'm i guess i'm, I'm gonna need to like take a picture of this and then i'm really gonna have to think because by then it's like what jack eichel or zach hyman like <laughs> which uh, <laughs> there's a guarantee with hyman whereas eichel who and if it's not a keeper league maybe not worth it and then as he gets healthy you just be the first one to pick him up like anyway interesting like that's a tough yeah. situation to be in for sure for 
for you. No, I mean, I'm excited. Like, I love ever since Eric, you've we've done your league basically, like hockey's become so much more to me, like paying attention and like enjoying the games more because you know you're following the players you love. Ike for sure, gonna go round one in our draft, a hundred percent. Someone's mm. gonna pick him. Someone that has like weak keepers is gonna pick him up. And and your point, Eric, of I should have kept Eichel, that's playing the long game and it's a really good strategy, actually. Cause I could have Eichel for the rest of his career technically if I wanted. I could like I'm gonna have Kucherov for all his career in this yeah. league and Brad Marchand, but I'm gonna I'm gonna have to transition out of Marchand soon. But the the man's still an animal. Mm-hmm. He is an animal. He's a rat. Wouldn't you love having him on your fantasy team? Like left wing? Like he's perfect. Oh, yeah. Left wing. I think oh. that's part of the reason why I'd keep Landeskog because he's left wing. And I think left wing is probably the weakest of the forward positions. I find a lot of the good wingers now nowadays are, are right wingers. I think the Rangers and the Islanders are both going to do really well this year. Uh, I think Chicago is going to do a lot better with Flurry and like Seth Jones additions. Teams that are going to go downhill. Like Tampa. To me, Tampa are still like the best to beat and like they're complete and like they're amazing mm-hmm. tampa was in a, a league of its own last year man it was embarrassing like watching them in the playoffs is just an absolute treat because yeah. you really get to see superstar hockey and players who elevate their game when it matters the most like no one talks about Braden point at all during the regular season right. you cannot tell me he's not one of the best centermen in the game when you watch what this guy does every night carries the friggin' team stacked team on his shoulders will go end to end score a highlight real goal game winner like the guy just d- steps up when it matters most and then him and kucherov together is just a sick joke it's like a version of maybe marner matthews but i think both of them are better than marner and matthews there not to take a shot at those players like i'm a big fan of both of them but especially when it matters most like the tampa players stepped up but there may be a, a little less pressure for those guys there. But yeah, I think Tampa is still a favorite to win again, to be honest. Even though they lost their third line, which I loved. Everyone did really there. Goudreau and uh, Coleman. And that was another thing that we can get into. Like, cup predictions. It was a poll I put up. Justin, I'll throw it over to you. you. You were the first one to answer. And you said Colorado as your pick for the cup. I like that. Care to elaborate? Not too long ago, was I feel like Tampa was in the position Colorado was in now, which was regular season. They were the cream of the crop. Everyone's expecting them to perform, but then they would choke in their own way. Not exactly a consistent first round chokes, but they were swept by a team that had never won a playoff series in their 20 year existence. So not exactly the best look on a team that had won the president's trophy and absolutely crapped their pants uh, when it mattered most. And what was really funny was they finally won it when I don't think anyone really thought that they would win. And so I feel like now that um, Colorado, I guess, sort of choked a bit last year. And I wouldn't say choked because Vegas was still a really good team and Vegas just sort of smothered them and feel like maybe a few people will sleep on Colorado. I think um, a big factor in me choosing them to win, I mean, McKinnon's McKinnon, Landis Cog is Landis Cog, Rantanen's Rantanen. Their defense is absolutely sick. Kale McCarr, uh, Bo Byram is like right behind him. Just not that he's going to take him over, but literally just a talk about a one-two punch, but on defense. Um, I'm pretty sure, I think Eric Johnson's still there. He may be more of a depth defenseman, but he's sort of like the veteran guy to be with them. And, as long as uh, Darcy Kemper, their new goalie, is healthy, dude was amazing for a very mediocre Arizona team. Imagine him with a defense and an offense in front of him. So I feel like uh, 
in terms of fantasy goalies, maybe one uh, with a bit of risk. But if you were to maybe rank fantasy goalies right after Vasilevsky, I mean, I'd, I'd put Kemper right up there just because look what Grubauer did last year and turned that into a pretty uh, pretty nice contract with Seattle. So I I feel like Colorado, they it's like it's it seems like an, an inevitability with them. In my opinion, Makar is the best defenseman in the league. Probably Norris Trophy winner this year. I guess if you were to put money, he's probably the yeah. favorite to win it. Yeah. yeah. Like I watched him play in the playoffs last year, and I like I didn't realize how good he was till till that time. Actually, like I had a blast watching the playoffs last year and mm-hmm. seeing players I know, and even more so last year, I only got to see Canadian teams for the regular season. So seeing like the American teams was so fun to watch. Like I'm my, my prediction would be Tampa Bay, just because like statistically like they have the most chance like i on paper they're they're so like tampa bay's def- defense core is like i can't it's the best in my opinion like uh Hedman, okay maybe headman's the best defenseman overall you know like everyone would talk when carlson was at his prime it was always like carlson's the best defenseman in the league everyone was like dismissing headman when headman headman is better than carlson we all knew that maybe one aspect carlson was better like like his burst of speed in his hands, but yeah, uh, they, they are good friends growing up. And I have told Eric before, don't discredit Mark Mathot and the role he played in having, sure. helping Carlson be who he was just to bring it back to my Leafs. I mean, Riley last year was supposed to be better than he was because he finally has a proper defense partner in TJ Brody and Brody was absolutely amazing. I don't think the Leafs have had a defenseman like him in a long time. He's not even like maybe an all-star. He just does his role, you know, shuts people down and Mithal but. wasn't an all-star right like he did exactly that and that's what we're kind of missing I think for Shabbat hopefully I mean, Artem Zub can be that but I like I think hopefully people are like pumping the brakes a little bit on the Zub love like I was a big right. fan of him last year but like we it's a little unrealistic to expect that he'll be like this anchor to Shabbat's mm-hmm. ship but um for cup predictions I didn't want to go through other people's submissions as well so my brother Zach's submission was the Florida Panthers, who he likes with Ooh. their additions that they've made in the offseason. The tandem of like if Bobrovsky bounce, bounces back and Spencer Knight, up-and-coming goalie. We'll see. Like I like Florida as well, and I really like the moves they make. Like I'm a big Sam Reinhart guy. He was one of the few players who I drafted, hoping he would take a step forward, who actually did do that last year. I loved Sam Bennett also in Florida, like as our number two center. Huberto, Alexander Barkov, who just got paid today at the time of recording, eight years, 80 mil. How are you? Like, is that good? Worth it, though. Very much worth the 10 million that he's making. Oh, man. He's like, again, well, again, one of the top centers in the league as well. Still young, too. Yeah, he's 26, so, which is insane. He's been in the league for like nine years almost, or close to it, right? Because he came in at like 17, 18. He was just turning 18. So, yeah, I mean, I like Florida, honestly. I mean, it'll, I think it always depends on goaltending, the playoffs. And if Knight actually is as advertised, like, could happen. Do you think Carolina's going to do well, Eric? Because I know uh, <laughs> some of your... <laughs> Sorry, yeah, I'm, some I'm, of your fantasy depends on it, right? Yeah, I'm a. I've had Aho and Sveshnikov in fantasy for now. It's three years straight, and yeah, I mean, going into the fourth year, really, yeah. for both of them. I'm a big believer in both of them. I think they don't get nearly as much respect as they should. Like people laugh at me, just just happened now for for my keepers. <laughs> but I mean, Aho is criminally underrated, and I swear the Sveshnikov breakout season is coming. He had a bit of a step back last year. 
I'm not worried about it at all. He's just 21 years old. And it, it might, for me, I might not be able to keep both of them going forward. I'm going to take the one. If Sveshnikov has like 80 points this year and Aho falls back, I'm going to drop Aho after because I'm planning on keeping Kaprizov and whoever I draft. And anyway, we don't need to get into that there. But no, Carolina, them too, like they, they signed Freddie Anderson, who I think actually might do great in Carolina with less pressure at the Toronto market. I'm definitely rooting for him. I like Carolina, obviously because of those two guys I just named. But um, I don't know if they'll win the cup, but hey, I think they can make some noise for sure. I think it was Sportsnet or someone posted a thing in terms of longest playoff droughts. Florida actually is uh, the number one team, surprisingly. I think it's been 24 years since they've won a, a round. So I think Florida, honestly, I, I think is a bit of a hot take. I personally can see them finishing second in um, the Atlantic Hour Division, right behind uh, Tampa. A Stanley Cup, though, after uh, after last, I mean, last year they they gave it to Tampa, but I think Tampa eventually like got a pretty good handle on them. So they, there's definitely some risk there. I mean, is uh, Sam Bennett going to have the same impact, especially points wise, as he did um, last year when he came over from Calgary? Is I, I think Reinhardt, uh, is he going to be able to perform the way we all probably thought he would? Just Buffalo is Buffalo and he buffaloed because Buffalo. <laughs> and even um, a guy like Carter Hagee had like really a breakout year and got uh, paid for, for what he does. Is he going to also continue that or is maybe he going to take a step back now that he's uh, got a bit of security behind him? So I think a bit of a hot take there choosing Florida. I personally wouldn't choose them as a cup winner, but I could see them easily making the second round at, at minimum, depending on who they play in the playoffs. Carolina, I personally am not sold on whatsoever. I think there are so many question marks with that team. Um, Freddie Anderson, I got to see front row seat to him. And over the past couple of years, it, it isn't really even the pressure. It's been more his health. He Last year, he was terrible. And it uh, turns out he was playing through a knee injury that he really shouldn't have played through. But he sort of toughed it out for, I guess, maybe the better of the team or maybe he because he knew it was a contract year for him, so he kind of wanted to get paid. There's a bit of a question mark with, with him and his health, and I forget the other goalie they signed, but he... Uh, Antiranta. Oh, oh, another guy with injury exactly. issues. So replacing Dougie Hamilton with uh, locker room cancer man number one, Tony D'Angelo, a, a weird flex Carolina, but go do your thing. I mean, you want, you needed to save money to screw Montreal over. Didn't like that move at all, honestly. And as someone that goes for Carolina... To a certain degree, like I didn't like that signing, but yeah. could low risk, high reward situation, or actually high risk, high reward. What am I talking about? But like for, I'm talking like monetary wise, like they didn't give him that much. I think like a million or something one year. So yeah, I think it was six point one mil. So they had to give up like a oh, first and a third. For but Cotkin, you, yeah, for, or yeah, for Cotkin, or sorry, you're talking about D'Angelo. D'Angelo, yeah, yeah, sorry, yeah, D'Angelo is only a million. So hopefully get people get along and he doesn't rub people the wrong way sort of thing and has like a goalie or has uh, one of his team leaders punch him in the face yeah. allegedly Wayne Simmons so. style so <laughs> the next submission was from my friend Natasha and she said the Jets as cup winners she's a Winnipeg local so maybe a bit of favoritism there but you know what I actually do like the Jets core not sold necessarily on their defense. I think it's pretty weak. But if Connor Hellebuck can go back to Vesna winning form, I'm a huge Kyle Connor fan. Like I really think he's an amazing player. I love I love Shifley as well. 
Blake Wheeler getting older, but still very skilled. Falls off a little bit. Like, they used to have an amazing top. Actually, they have Dubois as well, so we'll see what he does. I don't know. I think they're in tight in that division, to be honest. Central, like, with Colorado, Minnesota on the up and coming. Who else? Like, Chicago, like you said, could look better. Dallas could come back as well, Dallas. I guess. Yeah. St. Louis, like, they're... Oh, it's, yeah. St. Louis might take a step back, but, I mean... Still a tough You team, never know though, with so them. It'll be... Um, I think a little in tight. Central will be tough. But actually, that is a team when you talk about Canadian teams that I don't mind cheering for. The Jets are one of them. Like, I'll cheer for them over Montreal in the playoffs for sure. And I mean, Toronto, as much as I love their their young stars, I don't really want to cheer for them. So I'll go for the Jets before Toronto, personally. And yeah, I don't blame others, you. Actually, probably the Oilers would be the second one just because of McDavid and Dreisaitl. But Jets third. What are your thoughts on the Jets, Matt? I think the Jets might squeak into like a, a six, seven, or eight spot in the playoffs, but I don't really have high hopes for them. The Jets are like a team that I don't really like put any thought into. Like they're just there for me. Yeah. Random, random tangent though is is Boston finally going downhill this year? No. As long as Bergeron, Marshawn, Pasternak are a thing, uh, I mean, Taylor Hall, they now have on their second line. I mean, they are missing Krejci, and that'll hurt them. Uh, they they did sign Felino, which really, really hurt uh, as a Leaf fan. I'm so glad we have had him for like three or four injury-played games. Cup of coffee. Imagine the worst cup of coffee ever had, and then Dibbies. like... <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Hey, it's roll up the rim season. At least they entice you somehow to get it. That's true. Yeah, Boston. I don't know. Honestly, they could. I don't think they're going to fall off this year. It's coming. It's like those guys are getting older. But I do think like they have a better shot at making the playoffs above over like Montreal and mm-hmm. Ottawa. I think and uh, Detroit, Buffalo. Like they're in a somewhat weak ish division. Top heavy and bottom heavy. Right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, D- Detroit and Buffalo are going to be the punching bags for basically the rest of the division, I would assume. Though the the least being the least, they're they're definitely going to get killed by one of those teams at least once in the year. So yeah, it happens. Right? <laughs> it usually happens though. There's always that one game where on the schedule where it's like, how exactly did you lose six to one to this crap team? So the ne- the next submission was from Uncle Pat. He also said he said it's Colorado's time. So. I agree with you in that, like, people have been saying, like, oh, Colorado, Colorado, and now, like, they're maybe start, starting to stop saying that. So when there's a little less pressure, that's when teams tend to win. Like, it's never the favorite, the outright favorite that wins, right? Like, you said it best with Tampa. Like, the years they were being picked is when they didn't win, and when people weren't really saying Tampa, they did win. But now people are kind of saying Colorado here, and so we'll see what happens. And um, a friend of the program... The homie Jeff Lapointe, he submitted Las Vegas as his favorite to win the cup. Them too, like they're um they went in win now mode pretty much immediately when yeah. they joined the league. So how long is their window? I don't think it's that long, honestly. Like they traded away most, if not all, of their prospects. Like they have a couple of guys that I know of coming up, but after that, it's kind of kind of slim pickings, and uh, they put all their eggs in this basket. And like like I said, I don't really love that they got rid of Flurry. I don't think that was the play. I could see Vegas as a contender, especially if Petrangelo played like he did in last playoffs, and the forwards step it up. Favorite out of the Pacific. I think uh, last year at their playoff run, you know who actually really would have helped them? Uh, one Nick Suzuki, and probably not having one Max Pacioretty uh, really would have helped them because I. 
I think it's a good pick. The only thing I question with Vegas is their uh, center depth. I think what like last year they were using Chandler Stevenson on their first line, and I mean maybe they were somewhat protecting William Carlson, but oh boy, has he kind of fallen off from like his first Vegas year, where what dude put up like forty goals out of nowhere from a Columbus goals. team. I think Vegas, in a way, especially amongst players in the league, I feel like man, their their goodwill is like rock bottom between the the flurry stuff, the stuff I think they've told other players. Um, like even Nate Schmidt, I remember um following sort of him around the past couple of years. He I think took at the time maybe what would have been a little less money than what he could have got on the open market to stay in Vegas, and within the year they trade him to Vancouver, and I'm pretty sure he didn't want to go to Vancouver because. Given the money he could have made elsewhere, it's like, well, now you're you're moving to Canada where you're taxed and all that. And now Nate Schmidt's on Winnipeg, so yeah. If if I were Vegas, your your time to win is now. If you don't win two to three years, you guys will be bottom feeders for a long time, I think. And also, like talking about lack of goodwill towards the fan base, like how they um, just snipped Gerard Gallin as well, who is like a revered coach by the players and I think by like fans too like I'm a big fan of Gerard Ganaz and I think he'll do well in New York like I'm interested to see what kind of effects he's gonna have on their young core going forward but yeah I mean Vegas I agree with you though 100% could have used Suzuki and like that trade maybe would have worked had they won a cup or if they do win a cup in the next few years but long term obviously it's a much more rewarding trade for Montreal than it is for um Vegas but absolutely so, and actually there was one more. It was actually from another former guest, the homie Kevin Andrews. Ah. So his submission was legitimate cup contenders. Gotta say Tampa three-peat. Colorado and Winnipeg probably going to dominate the West. Maybe Boston in the East if they get a good year from their goalies. Same for Pittsburgh if their goalies play well. So I think oh. that's kind of where I disagree. Yeah. Like I don't. I, think I honestly, agree. It's the year Pittsburgh does not make the playoffs. Like they're in tight with their Crosby, Malkin are injured to yeah. start the year as well. The Islanders, I think, are a lock to make the playoffs the way they've been playing the last few years. Yeah. Rangers up and coming. Washington, I think, makes it. Who else is there? Carolina, my homies, <laughs> they're making it. Yeah. Philly, you never know. I just don't see it for Pitt, to be honest. I, and I see New Jersey also being tougher. Like maybe, yeah. they, they. I feel like they won't make it, but I feel like there'll be at least like a two, three week stretch where they're like right there with everyone else in their division, sort of trying to sneak into a spot. Probably ultimately not making it, but I feel like there'll be, there'll be a lot more positivity, positivity with uh, New Jersey. I think with their whole year and the way that they'll finish than Pittsburgh. I think with. They're, they're missing Crosby. They're missing Malkin. I think Gensel is out with COVID, COVID maybe. Yeah. yeah, and I think they're they're ready to put Jari's head on a pike. <laughs> like literally after after last year, uh, Pittsburgh fans, it's like they're I, like, hey, just remember, you guys have won cups in your lifetime. You don't have a reason to like ship a guy off to Buffalo. There are a few people on my list who I want to do there if they don't perform this year. So instead of me saying like Boston's downhill, like it's it's gonna be Pittsburgh's downward tra- trajectory starting this year okay i think so i, I agree too, yeah the other black and yellow team is is going downhill in my opinion did you guys have any like other hot takes going into the year that you wanted to share like justin like you're talking about the leafs like you can't be telling me you don't think toronto's making the playoffs like i don't i forget if we actually said that or not there but like they, they're a lock to make it i don't think it's, it's- mm. hot take uh the way our division the atlantic goes number one tampa 
Number two, Florida. Number three, Boston. Sneaking into spot number four, the Ottawa Senators. Toronto finishes there because there's nothing but chaos with this team and what's going to be the most chaotic thing that could happen with this team. Or maybe I just don't want to see another playoff heartbreak, so it would be easier, a regular season heartbreak. That's a we will, we, we will finish ahead of Montreal. Yeah. Like, oh, they're not going to make the playoffs, and then that's the year they're going to win a round finally. No, man. Ottawa's not not there yet, to be honest. Like We we played well at the end of last year. Like We are dominant. We are winning most of our games, and like there's a lot of energy, but those games are much easier to play when you know you're out of the playoffs. You're just stealing points. Like That's what I wanted to say earlier. Like New Jersey, I think, mm-hmm. is going to do in their games. Like They'll be a pest and just steal those points that make it so that Pittsburgh mm-hmm. doesn't make it. Mm-hmm. But back mm-hmm. to Ottawa, like we're not there yet. To go back to the rebuild is over comments, like it's not the time to be saying these things. Just say like we're going into the season optimistic and like our young core is going to hopefully all take a step forward. But again, that's not a guarantee either. Like it's not a guarantee that all of our young players take that next step. Kachuk, Batherson, Norris, mm-hmm. Stutzla, Formanton. I love all those players, but if three of those guys can progress on last year, like that's a dub for me. Uh, honestly, why do I feel like this was something Dorian was forced to say by um, Eugene? Point. Because literally he's like, you say this or I'm going to get Pierre Maguire to say this. Oh boy. Oh boy. Just somehow if the two Ontario teams could fuse the good parts together. We'd be cup contenders every year. Uh, you could play that game with like any of yeah, two other teams. True, um, no, true, I think, true. I think true. this season will go like a bit like last year. I think like, like the Pittsburghs will go downhill and maybe a team like uh, Chicago will make the playoffs. That's, I don't think much will change this year. Uh, Washington, Washington has lots to prove. Like they're still a very solid team. And I always think they like, they deserve more than like the one cup. Like they've had like amazing yeah. teams for, since I can remember, honestly, like one was Ovi, like since Ovi was drafted. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, four. Uh, the Sens, I'm yeah. used to watching the Sens not doing well. So, like, I'm not, like, going to be heartbroken or anything this year. I'm going to casually watch the Sens. And, like, yeah, I'm going to watch every game and cheer them and not going to be mad when they lose. Uh, <laughs> I'm kind of using reverse psychology here. I don't want them to lose, but, you know, it's going to happen. I'm more excited. I mean, to be honest, Justin, I get more pleasure mm-hmm. in, like, watching, like, the Leafs, tra- like, traffic jam show or the Leafs, like, what 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 can they screw up this year? You know, like I kind of get enjoyment out of that. So <laughs> I'm not saying dude, they're like, they're Shakespearean with it. It's like that's why I'm I literally this year I really uh, going into the season I've never not been looking forward to a season. This is easily the first year of my life I am not looking forward to the beginning of the season. Like really, I am not. I'm like I'm ha- like I'm happy for hockey, and I'm really happy that they're going back to 82 games. But it's just like, man, like, how can I be happy with like these little victories that'll happen throughout the season? When for this team, make the playoffs first, because I'm still not saying that's a guarantee uh, for them. And um, like, do something, win around, please, win around. Like the expectations are high yet low, yet low yet high, but like. Every year, they there is the burden of being the Toronto Maple Leafs and the failures of the past being lumped onto them. But you know what? For the big boys, when you hold out for the money, I I hold I'm no longer holding sympathy for you guys. Like um, like with um, 
Uh, my favorite player is still, even though I still hate him, uh, well, not hate him, but I'm still mad at him, Mitch Marner. Dude, you, you're you getting paid near $11 million, and in a pivotal game with nobody around you, you flip the puck from, like, the center of your defense. Oh, man, guys, you, you should have seen it. My, my dad was beside me, and thank God he's, like, stone cold with everything. I was yelling so loud at him and cussing him out that my mom, who is in like another room with headphones in watching her show, like stops what she's watching, goes to me, like gets up and is like, what's what happened? Why are you like what's wrong? And I'm just the whole rest of the game. And she's even tr she's trying to pat me on the ba back like, you know, it's just a game, Justin. I'm like, mom, I know what you're trying to do, but you're really not helping right now because I, I I bet money that the Leafs will lose Game Seven, and what happened? It was the worst game of the series. It's um the Joker movie. I used to think that this team was a was a comet or a tragedy. It turns out they're a comedy. Yeah, great, great. Use <laughs> so, of that quote, actually. oh my! I could go through so many movie quotes with this friggin' team, man. We'd be like, here all night if that was the case. And <laughs> uh, you guys got you guys got to go, and your listeners, you want to keep listeners coming back and i i i do enjoy these and i'd eventually maybe want to be on again so not to get canceled from these but you basically tell me you hate your team right now or you have no hope without telling me that you hate your team or you have no hope uh, yeah i am very much am on the negative side of this but you know, you know what i keeping my expectations at trying to keep them so low because i'm just sick of at least for for Ottawa and as frustrating as you guys have been I have seen playoff victories from you guys I have seen you beat Boston in the playoffs that run you made where you almost beat the the Pens that one year your first team I believe you beat was uh Boston. was yeah. was yeah it was Boston and you guys did a very good job at doing that what what's the secret seriously what's that the secret yeah, well, I mean, Eric Carlson <laughs> in his prime, right? Like that was uh, the, some of the best hockey we've seen from him ever. Like I definitely cherish those memories a hundred percent, and hopefully we can get back to those days with this core. Because honestly, like I said it last time we did an episode on this, if we do lose this core for like for no good reason other than our owner doesn't want to pony up, like it actually will be a hard time to continue to support this team when you see it time and time again that they're just not willing to commit to these players who I don't know if they're I don't think they're all asking for unreasonable things it's just the owner is I don't know unwilling or unable to adapt so when as soon as uh, Melnick is no longer the owner of this team I'm going to enjoy it very very much and that was a Thanos we, we, quote yeah, for we, you. we both need to like <laughs> hug each other for like what our team is going through. We just got to like hug each other and just be like, it'll be okay. But how could it be okay? Because I don't see the te your team the way you do. I see hope in your team and potential and not like four forwards holding your mm -hmm. your team back. And uh, in your case, an owner who is like the biggest penny pincher since Harold Ballard. Oh, look at that. Is. Another Leaf reference. <laughs> yeah, I don't know who that is. No, I'm optimistic. Old. Like, I love our core going forward. It's just, like, it, it has happened, like, twice now with two different cores that we've lost them for no good reason other than, like, we assume is management issues. But, no, I love the players. hope we can keep them all. Hopefully, we get Brady on the ice soon. Like, I'm going to the home opener next Thursday, so super pumped for that. I will be wearing my Kachuk jersey, even though he's not there. If he's not there, it doesn't matter. I'm still rocking it. Love good, the team. good. I, and I'm I think you should. I'm not who's not going to support the team because of Melnick. Like, I'm going to go to games, and um, I love it. I love going to games, but like, I really do want to see some change in that regard. It's it's frustrating, right? 
Yeah. Um, Don't blame you. Do not blame you. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'll just throw my cup favorite in there. Like, I think Tampa again, to be honest, I think uh, they got it again, but no need to go over them again. Uh, we've, uh, yeah, I've done a pretty good job. So, um, I think we're a good spot to wrap it up there. Uh, hopefully your Leafs, I think they'll make the playoffs, Justin. I'm pretty sure they will, but I respect you for going out there on a limb with that hot take. So any final notes for the listeners, Justin? Thank all of you for, for supporting this, uh, this pod. I think you guys do an amazing work, um, with everything. I especially really do, um, enjoy sort of the episodes where you talk about maybe like the struggles that everyone has gone through, through the pandemic. Cause we, we've all definitely had some tough times. I know Matt, uh, uh, just relating even, um, I think to the story of like previous jobs and when you were a soccer ref, Oh boy, do I, I commend you for that because I, the way you were describing yourself then is exactly the way I would have been. And there's no way I think I would have been able to handle being a ref because some, (laughs) some parents, man, oh boy, they take it way too seriously. And it's like, man, I'm just like trying to, I want to see a movie after this. Like, can you not like demoralize me psychologically, please? Like no one's going to be making millions of dollars as a soccer player here. I can guarantee (laughs) every one of you that, but I, I appreciate all the the work you guys do. I think this is an amazing pod. Um, I also respect you guys for letting me vent a bit about uh, my team because they're, they're, they're still pent up uh, aggression there. And I mean, it's like you take a step forward and then your two favorite players want to make a little side hustle supporting uh, uh, an artist who you guys well know, I do not like personal, (laughs) personal opinion. And then uh, one of them wants to put a, a, an Instagram video of saying he loves a city within regards to my team, the time to win is now you guys got one year, whether you like it or not, shut up, perform or everyone you're like, there's going to be so much change in terms of Ottawa. We, we all know the elephant in the room, but I, I like your guys core. You have 10 million extra dollars, including Brady Kachuk, like just an extra 10 million on like two players. And I feel like you guys would be right up there. You guys are really good. I guess at like money puck, like a money ball version, but money puck, you guys get a lot of good value out of uh, being really careful with uh, your budget. And you guys are amazing at drafting. Usually every year you guys hit looking forward again to the battle of Ontario, because I think uh, there's might be a little bit extra, maybe, uh, maybe a little extra. We could spice it up throughout the year, throw mini bets uh, here and there. Not, not money. I'm saying, yeah, screw it. Why not? I just thought, I thought of this a while ago. Let's throw it out there. Somehow world permitting. And if somehow I'm able to make it to the next uh, saloon pong tourney, winner of the battle of Ontario loser has to wear the other team's Jersey throughout the entire day of the tourney. So that might impede the elbow movement. I don't know if I can commit to that, but we'll, we can work something out. We can work something out. True. You, you actually win that. I, I'm a, very much like my team lose uh, in the first round of the, uh, the playoffs of that. So dominating the round Robin, but then when it all matters, yeah. actually not even dominate the round Robin. I think I have like one victory in a combined six matches. So I'm somehow like 2000, 11 12 version Leafs or like current day Buffalo Sabres get a win every now and then but know your role and back to the basement hey man we'll see you next time <laughs> we just get some training in there or just show up like Matt no practice and just oh. dominate did good in the round robin but I was like the Leafs yeah. in the playoffs <laughs> choked in the first round <laughs> so that's a good way to, to wrap it up with a nice little Leafs jab so yeah thanks a lot Justin and uh, Definitely look forward to having you on again down the road. Indeed. And I want to thank you too, Justin. 
Thanks a lot, guys. Thanks for uh, for putting up with me again. Uh, super fun time, and I guess good luck to uh, to all our teams, except for when we face each other. So yeah, thanks a lot, Justin, for joining us. You absolutely killed it on there. It was really fun to pick your brain about the upcoming NHL season and, of course, your Toronto Maple Leafs and our Ottawa Senators and Montreal as well. So um, yeah, for this segment of the episode, you all know what it is. You know and love it. Our random recommendations. So various movies, TV shows, books. Just kidding. And we'll talk about what we've been doing lately. So uh, Matt, throw it over you first. Well, as always for like, I mention this every episode, but I'm still going through like, my whole like rundown of run through of the office all nine seasons i'm on almost season seven man like what like i i literally savor every episode because i know like when i get to the end i'll be like oh crap it's over (laughs) and i have no idea what the last season has in store so um no i'm enjoying it immensely you know sometimes like I, I, I'll wake up, make my coffee, and I'm just like, I don't want to do anything right now. I'm just going to watch an episode of The Office, and it just sets up my day perfectly. Um, so for TV shows, it's The Office. And I've also, the TV show I've been watching, I'm going to save for the our Halloween horror episode. Um, but like every day, I don't know if you have, like we've talked about this, Eric, but every day I have this problem of like, Matt, you should watch this show. Matt, you'll love this show. Oh, there's this show on uh, Apple TV. Oh, there's this show on Amazon Prime. Oh, there's this show on Netflix you need to watch. And I literally have 10 recommendations a day because people know I'm like a movie and TV person. So so I can't keep up with this, folks. Like it's it's very hard for me. So I do one show at a time or two. <laughs> so I've also been watching probably the same show as you there. We'll get into our next episode. So I've, I watched two shows recently. One is the immensely popular cultural phenomenon Squid Game. I actually just finished that up today. I freaking loved that, and I'm I'm looking forward to watching more foreign cinema now. Like it's a Korean show, obviously watched with subtitles. Not gonna do it disrespect and watch it and dubbed. Like I really love the show, and I really recommend it to people. I'm not gonna give any spoilers, Matt. I know you haven't seen it yet, and maybe we can talk about it in another episode. But I do think it should be watched. ASAP by people because the memes are everywhere and on Twitter I was seeing a lot of mild spoilers but the memes are freaking hilarious so now that I've seen the whole show I'll just go back through the back catalog and look them up so Squid Game recommend the other one is actually a documentary series on Netflix which as you may know I'm not a huge documentary guy so this is a bit outside my comfort zone and it's subject matter definitely is so it's called Countdown Inspiration for Mission to Space so this is actually like a, a very recent space mission that happened in 2021. Like there was a the first all-civilian launch that went around the orbit of the Earth three for three days by um, led by SpaceX. And this is a Netflix series. I absolutely loved it. It featured footage of them in the Dragon, so above the... Um, in, in orbit around the Earth. And from the preparation stages to their actual return to earth and um, just their um, summary of what they learned and did up there. It was super interesting and actually really opened my eyes to the whole world of space. And now I really want to learn more about it. And my friend actually lent me quite a few Blu-rays and documentaries on it. So I'm going to be um, just furthering my knowledge on that. And maybe who knows a space pod down the road, like nothing's off the table. 
Like, how's your knowledge uh, range in space? Like, are you well versed in that universe? I would say I'm like a little above average. Like, I I I like to read about that stuff and watch documentaries on outer space, and I like like astrophysics is something that's interesting to me. And no, like I definitely down the road, I'd love to just have that as our subject, and I'm I'm interested in that documentary now. Check it out. And can you tell me, Eric, like? We will talk about Squid Game because I will have watched it all by the time we record next. But like, can you just tell me the not the mood of the show, but like, is maybe the mood is the right word? But is it like a frantic show? Is it a very slow pace? Like, I just want to know if it's hectic in your face or is it more like a slow burn? Yeah, I don't think it's a slow burn. Like, there's some good tension. It's kind of a thriller. It's, um, I mean, there's some good comedy in there. Like I was laughing quite a bit in there, actually, like a few characters are really funny. And, um, I mean, you really just get, cause I have no, I've never seen a trailer. I don't know anything about squid See, game. And that's the thing I knew nothing about either. Just that it was all the rave was about squid game. And uh, I'm sure you're sick of hearing about squid game or listeners, but check it out. It really does live up to the hype in my opinion. And I definitely recommend it. And maybe down the road. We'll pick like four or five South Korean movies and do a highlight on them because I'm Possibly. a huge lover of those movies. They're, they make, it, they call it like the South Korean Renaissance, like the 21st century. Their cinema has been like killing it, killing it. And we only, we only receive their best movies like that come over here. So yeah, we're only getting the top of the top, like the top of the, the cream of the crop. The cream of the crop. Thanks, Eric. Um, so of course we're gonna get like quality like five star masterpieces, but like the ones like yeah mm-hmm. to be on a later date we're gonna I think we're gonna delve into that. Just some Michelin star squid caliber content is what we get. <laughs> so yeah, I mean those are the two shows that I can talk. I actually finished What If too. Like we don't really need to get into that, but just give an update. Like I really enjoyed the ending. I'm I'm I gotta watch the last episode, but the. I don't want to spoil it, but the Ultron episode was very great. Me, like changed everything. Actually, great episode. Yeah. That that kind of like is foreshadowing of stuff they can do, mm-hmm. or if, if it, that's gonna maybe they're gonna be like, hey, you guys have to go watch What If because exactly. I don't know, uh, you know? And they said like it is an MCU canon, right? right? So is. no, I, I would recommend What If. Like it, it got a lot of flack for some of the episodes, like the Party Thor oh, episode. My God, brutal. See, I'm I mean, sorry. I thought it was, it was okay. Like I didn't hate it. A lot of people hated it. Ugh. Clearly, you didn't like it, which is fine. <laughs> but I, I think there were nine. Funny. Nine episodes, I think maybe five were good, four were like, meh, all right. Thor episode was funny, I'll give you that. Yeah. It was hilarious. So, I mean, yeah, those are the shows I've watched. The Killmonger episode was great. Great episode, for sure. Yeah. So, So you got a few movies or? Yeah, I'll talk about a Netflix movie and an Amazon Prime movie. And maybe a movie that I rewatched from my collection. The Netflix movie I watched, and I don't even need to bring this up. Like, it's a horror movie, but I don't feel like I need to talk about it in the horror episode. The one, it's called Intrusion with uh, Frida, um, Frida Pinto, I think her name is, and uh, Logan Marshall Green. It just came out. It was above average, in my opinion. It's like a home invasion, like thriller horror film. It's one of those, you think it's going one way, and then the movie takes like a curve where, oh no, it's actually about this. So if you don't buy into like that little twist slash curveball, you're not going to enjoy the movie. I thought it was pretty good and the ending was satisfying. Good acting. Uh, the Amazon Prime movie I watched, is it's an Amazon Prime original called The Voyeurs. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. I always have trouble pronouncing that word. It's basically like a Disturbia Vertigo like homage of 
this couple that starts being obsessed with the couple across the street and like these because mm. they catch them kind of having sex and like they just while well, they're like hey look they're going at it and like <laughs> that makes them interested and then you got uh, the actor from the pokemon movie justice smith i think okay, his name yeah. is and the girl in the movie sydney sweeney she's actually quite like gorgeous like she's a reason to watch the movie alone she was from the show euphoria on hbo um it's it's a it's a good movie, a little long, but really good twist that keeps the two hour like that kind of justifies the two hour length of the movie. I actually didn't mind it at all. I thought it was cool. Like if you like people spying on people and like getting into their lives and kind of like injecting themselves, like you know, making bumping into them on purpose. And I don't know, it has a lot of like that stalkerism. If you if you're interested in that when watching a movie, I don't know. It's like something you never want to do in real life, but you kind of you're kind of fascinated like watching it on screen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this, I'll, I'll go into my third movie after you. Okay. So I actually haven't been watching that many movies lately, but Andy and I went last night to see No Time to Die, Ooh, James Bond opening yes. night. Let's go. It was really good, man. I re- we really enjoyed it. Oh. It was um, like a satisfying conclusion to the Daniel Craig, James Bond saga. What I really enjoyed about it, without getting into too many spoilers here, is that it took all the elements of the previous movies, which they went, they alternated from good, bad, good, bad, in my opinion, anyways, with their movies and the plot line specifically. Obviously, Casino and Skyfall are the good ones in this series. And because I found that Quantum of Solace Inspector introduced like some two big, like large looming threats of hidden societies and like these organizations behind the scenes pulling the strings. I didn't really understand all of it either. Like I found it was overly confusing and not well explained. While they did take those elements, they made them a little more relatable and dealt with them very nicely in a way that pushed the plot in a like in a good direction that was easy to follow and that made sense really because I do find that Quantum of Solace and Spectre are just very maybe overly ambitious and not well executed at all. This was not the case. Like I said, I don't want to spoil anything. I won't. But what makes Skyfall and Casino really appealing, I think, is that they're relatable and like you understand what the villain's motivations are. Like it's like in Skyfall, it's very personal. Raul Silva's vendetta against M and MI6. Like you can understand that. They kind of went that route as well in this movie. Okay, no, maybe like I don't want to steer you down the right, the wrong path. You're like it's not exactly like that, but it's very more understandable than the overly complex and just not good Quantum and Spectre. But no, I really liked it. Daniel Craig did a good job. Um, they did a good job bringing in new characters, reintroducing old ones. Ana de Armas in there, just She's one of the so, most gorgeous women. In the world. <laughs> solid. Oh, yeah. uh, I, I think you'll like the movie, anyways. Um, for if, if, fun to see in theaters. If anybody listening out there is a fan of Ana de Arnas or yeah, Arnas. Is it, I don't know. I don't know. She's Cuban. Watch the <laughs> movie with Keanu Reeves called Knock Knock. It's Keanu Reeves and her and another girl, and it's a it's a thriller like semi horror film. I mean, you if you're a fan of her, you need to watch Knock Knock. And Keanu Reeves always kills it. Okay. Um, I'm gonna talk just quickly about an old movie from like 78 or 1979 with al pacino it's like it's a phenomenal movie it's called and justice for all it's like a drama courtroom drama movie where he plays a lawyer it's directed by one of the most prolific like canadian directors of all time norman jewison 
who did like in the heat of the night fiddler on the roof the, uh, and justice for all like this guy was huge like in hollywood huge hollywood guy in the like 50s 60s 70s 80s 90s like he he's directed movies in like five decades and and justice for all is a really like good courtroom drama and al pacino just slays the role you got like young up you got young actors in there that like like jeffrey tambor who's like a really known now for like shows like uh, arrested development and um transparent like he's really young in this movie and you can see where he starts out um i mean any any fan of like those courtroom like criminal case it's a criminal case basically it's a phenomenal movie okay and justice for all i've seen it like three times now it has that really famous meme or parody that you see in like a lot of stuff where like they're Al Pacino's like, you're out of order. You're out of order. This whole courtroom's out of order. Like that is from that movie, and I'm not doing it justice. Like it's an, it's a crazy scene, but that's where it's from. Um, yeah. So in and justice for all, it's called injustice. Well, I think you did it justice from the memes I've seen. Of course, I think you did a good job there. Do you have any other movies? I don't have any other. Like it's just no time to die for me. Just quickly, I rewatched the Lord of the Rings trilogy oh, in a man. weekend. Well, in four days. Great weekend. But you know what? You know what I did? I rolled with the theatrical cuts because I'm like, mm. you know what? I don't have an eternity here. Like, I want to just. They're all. They're all about three hours long, the theatrical cuts, and it was perfect. And I know that might be blasphemy to some people, but those movies are so good. It doesn't matter if some scenes were like, if I didn't get the full scenes. See, all for me, it's weird seeing movies or even shows that are not extended or the physical copy that sometimes have longer scenes. Like Friends, for example. Like we have the box set at home, and that's the only the, only, the yeah. first time that I ever saw all the Friends episodes. And whenever I see them on streaming or on TV, scenes are way shorter in the yeah. uh, cable or streaming mm-hmm. plat versions. And to me, it's just super weird. And it'd probably be the same for theatrical Lord of the Rings, because all I know is extended. Uh. I lived on the theatricals for years. Okay. But does, and can't you tell when you're watching friends, like, you know where they cut it. Like there's yeah. supposed to be another line for like, sure. And you know, the line. And, and then I, like, I say the line yeah. and people are like, what are you talking about? Cause they don't know. I mean, I'll just recommend quickly an album there, a 2021 rap album. I'll just maybe one that'll um, be on the list. No, 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 no. Um, so mine is um, from an artist called Baby Keem. It's called The Melodic Blue. So this artist is actually Kendrick Lamar's cousin, which is pretty unreal that he also has made somewhat of a name for himself in hip-hop. I actually really liked his album. I think it's his debut album too, and I was really pleasantly surprised. Kendrick's on a few of these songs, and I just like the vibe overall. Like, There's a chance that makes it on my top 10. Like Right now, I'd probably have it there. It depends what else is released in the year. But really like the album, I would recommend it. If you're a fan of Kendrick Lamar's music, or even if you're not, I think it's, the way I see him is like a more accessible Kendrick, where it's not like overly lyrical, and there's still some catchy songs like where you can mess with the melody. Like he appeals to a younger demographic, I think, but can also get to the people who are, a big, who are big Kendrick fans and like fans of lyrical rap. So that'd be where I would leave it for The Melodic Blue by Baby Keem. I, I echo what you said. I've listened to this album. Mm-hmm. Recommended by uh, a possible future guest on our hip. Uh, I, I don't so. want to announce anything too early. I hope yeah. so. Uh, no, I really enjoyed the album. Good. I've, I've enjoyed this. Like we're 10 months in the year. I've, I've been loving this 2021 hip hop grind of new releases. It's, mm-hmm. I've never done this before for music. Never. 
it's my first time, so it's fun. Will you ever go back now to not really oh, keeping up with new no, releases? Yeah. It's fun. Yeah. It's like movies, but now it's like two things to follow music and movies. I think we'll wrap it up there then. So thanks for sticking along for the random recommendations. Matt, I'll throw it over to you. Any final notes for the listeners? I, I, I like thanks so much for listening and like giving like just like you like giving feedback or just liking the episode is like huge. I know Eric loves it, like <laughs> for both of us actually. Like yeah. I sometimes I get messages and I'm like like even Justin telling us how much he appreciates yeah. our podcast like that like really touched me. Yeah relating to a story i told in a previous episode so thank you everybody and hope everybody stays safe out there and is having a great time right now couldn't agree more matt agree um yeah thanks a lot everybody for listening stay tuned for episodes dropping every two mondays hope you all had a great thanksgiving weekend happy thanksgiving because this episode is coming on thanksgiving and um yeah love you all stay safe peace